So let us come before God and worship. Let us worship him by singing to his praise in Psalm 34 of the Sing Psalms version. Psalm 34, Sing Psalms, find that on page 40 of the blue book. And at the bottom of that page, we'll begin our singing at verse marked 11. Come here, my children, gather round, and listen to my word, and I will help you understand how you may fear the Lord. Does anyone delight in life and long to see good days? Then keep your tongue from evil speech, your lips from lying ways. We'll sing from verse marked 11 down to the end of verse marked 18 to God's praise. Come here, my children, gather round and listen to my word. We'll stand to sing. We'll now turn to God in prayer. Let us join our hearts in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we give thanks for this day that you have given to us. And we thank you that we can come together and join in worship to you, our God, and singing praise to you, coming under your word and reading of it. And we pray that we would all come like little children, and that we would all sit at your feet and hear what you shall speak to us. 
and that it may be rich and nourishing to us, and that we may wonder at what you speak to us. And Lord, we just pray for the young in our congregation. We pray for the little children. We pray that they may grow up to know God and to trust in him. We just pray for them as they'll go through to Sunday school in a wee moment, and that they may learn of God and learn what Jesus Christ has done for them on the cross at Calvary. But Lord, we just pray that you would bless our time together, watch over us as we join in worship to you, and come before you, drawing near in your presence. So be with us, we pray, in our time together. Watch over us and keep us. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd just like to say a a word to the younger ones that that are with us today. Now, as you grow up, you'll you'll have lots of questions. There'll be lots of things that you see and you'll ask, well, what is that? Or what does that do? Or why is that there? We have lots of questions about lots of different things. I wonder wonder what question you ask your parents most of the time. Can I have a snack? Maybe. Uh, What's for dinner tonight? one of my favorite questions, but um, maybe that's a question I should be asking myself more often than I do. But we generally, as we're young, we ask someone that knows better. We ask grown-ups questions, and hopefully they'll have an answer for us. And it's a really, really good thing to do in our lives. As you grow older, always ask questions. And always wonder why things are done and what things are. Question things as you grow up. But sometimes we don't have all the answers. And you won't find all the answers to all your questions. I remember being in a, a gathering where uh, Christianity explored. And they were talking about God. And someone asked the minister a question. And he didn't know. He said, I, we just don't know the answer. And I was quite surprised that the minister didn't know the answer for the question. But there's times where we just don't know um, what the answer is. But that is also a really good thing to do in our lives. When we don't know, to say we don't know. Quite often we like to pretend that we know everything And we've got all the answers to all the questions. But it's a really good thing to ask questions. It's a really good thing to say, well, we just don't know at times. And in your lesson today, you're going to see that you're going to have an old man and a young boy. The young boy is called Samuel. The old man's called Eli. And Eli asks Samuel a really important question. And it's almost the wrong way around because Eli was a priest and he knew and he studied about God. He should have known lots of things about God. But he came to Samuel and asked him, what did God say? Because God spoke to Samuel. And God can speak to us no matter what age we are. That we hear God's voice. And as we go next door to our classes, we all pray that we would 
Hear God speaking to us. God speaks to the old, God speaks to the young. But this is one of the best questions we can ask in our lives. What has God said? What does God say? And often, when we don't have answers to the big questions of our lives, maybe it's a good thing to ask them, well, what does God say? And we read, well, we find what God says in the Bible. That's why the Bible is so important. When we don't have questions to answer, we don't have answers to our questions, we can ask ourselves, well, what does God say? And what has God said? And we can come and read about it in the Bible. So as you grow up, ask lots of questions, but remember, we don't have all the answers. But there are times in our lives to ask a really important question and just ask, what has God said to us? And we come to the Bible and we pray that we would all find an answer. So let us say the Lord's Prayer together before you go through. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening. And before you go through, we'll sing in, to God's praise in Psalm 92. I find that in the Sing Psalms version on page 122. That's Psalm 92a. page 122 of the Blue Book. And we'll sing from verse Mark 7 there. Although the wicked spring like grass, the foolish do not see that all who flourish in their sin will die eternally. But Lord, you are forevermore exalted very high. All evildoers will be crushed, your foes will surely die. You made me strong as any ox with oil anointed me. I've seen your, my enemies defeat, and I have heard them flee. Like palms and cedars flourishing, the righteous all will be, and planted in the house of God will grow abundantly. So in old age they still bear fruit. They will stay fresh and strong. They will proclaim, the Lord is just, my rock, who does no wrong. So let us stand together and sing these words to God's praise. Although the wicked spring like grass, the foolish do not see.
We'll turn now to the Word of God, and we'll read in Psalm 71. Take up our reading the book of Psalms, Psalm 71, and afterwards we'll join together in a word of prayer. Psalm 71, we've been looking at this psalm in the midweek meetings, and for many we'll have read through this psalm a few times, but in many ways I make no apology for reading the same scripture over and over again. It is good for us to do that, and often that's what it takes before we understand what it says. And we sit and and read it a few times. And I remember hearing a story about a a man who was dying and the minister sat with him and they they read through John chapter 3 a number of times. And he said, the man that was dying said, well, why are we reading this passage again? But they read it together and as he read it, it was only then that the Spirit of the Lord really applied it to him. And he understood what it meant by the love of God and sending his son to save his people, that they should not perish but have eternal life. It was after reading it a number of times that the Lord blessed it to him. So likewise, as we come to read this, may the Lord bless it to us. Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me. You are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust. O Lord, from my youth, Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been as a portent or a wonder to many. But you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed. With scorn and disgrace may they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually. And will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of the deeds of salvation all the day, for their number has passed my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and grey hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you. You who have made me see many troubles and calamities, 
will revive me again from the depths of the earth. You will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. Amen. May the reading of God's word be blessed to each of us who have heard it. May we join together in prayer. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we come before your word, may it be as a book opened before us and speaking to us. Lord, let us have an inclination to draw near to you, that we would be sitting at your feet and hearing what you shall speak. And though many of us will come with questions, questions surrounding you, questions surrounding our lives, Lord, may you give an answer to them. May we find the answers for the deepest searching questions of life within your word. And may we stand before you in awe for all that you have done and how you have kept us and keep us every day. Lord, let us fall humbly before you as the creator of all things. You have created us even within our mother's womb. You are one that kept us and so have continued to keep us through life. Lord, it is a wonder that you do so. When our hearts are so inclined to the love of sin and that we often turn our backs against you and seek after pleasures in this world, things that we under, things that we think will satisfy us, but things that leave us empty. We try and fill our lives as we fill bags with things, but the bag is full of holes. We put money in these bags, and all we are left with is emptiness if we do not come to you and trust in you. So, Lord, as we come to your word, may your spirit apply it to us. If we do so without your spirit, it will come to nothing. And so, in our own weaknesses, we come and consider this word together, as the psalmist wrote on life. And may you bless it to each of us, bless it to your hearts and minds, and that we may fall before you with praise and adoration. And that you may work faith within us, that we may come and trust and hope in you. Whatever situation we are at in life, whatever our age, whatever we have experienced, Lord, be with us. Lord, keep us. Lord, save us. Lord, we just pray that this gospel message would go across our land and our nation as a hope for those who are lost. And that may come with saving power. And Lord, we pray for those who proclaim this gospel message today, that you may be with them and bless their words as it is spoken, that the unsearchable riches of Christ may be known 
and that people would fall before you, trust in their lives, and find in their joy of their soul when they come and worship God and trust in him. Lord, we pray for those who are laid aside, those who cannot come out this morning to gather with your people. And Lord, we pray that they may know the blessing of being together, if not in body and spirit, and that this word may be enriching and nourishing for their lives also. We pray for those who are laid aside in sickness, and we remember them, those in hospital, those that are struggling, those that are battling um, things of this life. We just pray that you would draw near to them and be their comfort. And we just pray that you would be with all the staff as they administer care. And we thank you for the provision we have and the blessings of having care available to us. We pray for those who do not have the availability of such things. We pray for those who find themselves in situations of war or fleeing from their homeland. We pray that you would be with them. We pray that they would turn to you in their unrest and an experience that none of us can really fully understand. But we pray that your word may be a light and guide to show them a way in which to walk. We pray, Lord, that though we cannot come together this evening, that the weather would uh, not cause significant damage and it would not threaten our lives, but we just pray that we would be secure in our homes and we thank you for having such security. We pray that you would be the strength of our lives and that you would be the one that would watch over us. Even when the storms of life come to us, that you would be our protector and that we would find you to be a strong fortress against the threats of the evil one and the threats of the devil and the little foxes that try to sneak in and eat what we have. We just pray that you would be our guard and defence against these schemes of the evil one. So guard our minds this morning as we come to your word. Open it up to us that we may understand from it and give us a renewed hope and joy as we come and draw near to the Lord who does not leave us, who does not forsake us, who does not depart from us. It is the Lord who loves us. So be with us as we give our mind to your word. Guide our thoughts and all these things we ask with the confessions of our sins in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Saviour. Amen. We'll turn now to praise God in Psalm 148. In the Scottish Psalter version, you'll find that at the end of the Blue Book on page 448. We'll sing there from verse Mark 7 to 14. Psalm 148, from verse Mark 7, Scottish Psalter. Praise ye Jehovah from the earth, dragons and every deep, fire, hail, snow, vapour, stormy wind, his word that fully keep. Does it psalmist that with a psalmist praises God and calls upon all things to give praise to God? 
both young men, ye, and maidens too, old men and children small. Let them God's name praise, for his name alone is excellent. His glory reaches far above the earth and firmament. Let us stand together and lift our hearts to praise to God. Praise ye Jehovah from the earth. Turn back to that psalm that we read together, Psalm 71. As I said, we've been looking at this psalm in the midweek meeting, and by no means will anyone be lacking in anything by considering the last passage here. We'll consider from verse 17 down to the end of verse Mark 24. But in one sense, I probably wish that you would feel like you had missed out. That you would feel like you had missed joining with the Lord's people and joining to consider more of God's word and to learn from it. And nevertheless, we look at Psalm 71 from verse Mark 17. On this psalm, it's, it's very thought-provoking as you hopefully read through it with me as we read it. Um, and it's a psalm that is suitable for the entirety of life. 
It's very suitable this morning to take this passage because it, it is a psalmist, it's a psalm where the psalmist looks back over life and he is commending God as a suitable God for whatever age, whatever stage he is, you are at, whatever stage I am at in our lives, that he can come to God and trust in God and lift his heart and praise to God for all that he has done for him. It's a very encouraging psalm. The words through it are encouraging for us to come constantly before our Lord. And it is honest reflections when he's going through the most difficult things of life. And in many ways, it's a jewel of a psalm, Psalm 71, because of these words that are written so encouraging, so true, but when you consider the context in which it is written, where the psalmist feels like his, all his strength is spent, he is feeling particularly weak, particularly vulnerable, he is feeling absolutely empty, it kind of makes this psalm more precious. It is like a jewel, like a diamond in a hard place. The diamond that is formed in the darkest of circumstances, we have this jewel of a psalm that comes out of the experiences of his life. And for many of the psalms, that's what makes a psalm so special, because it portrays truthful feelings, whether it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. And so when we are in these places, when we feel like that, when we feel like we're empty, when we feel like we have nothing left in the tank, we see that the psalmist who was so close to God and who wrote such wonderful words about God has, has the same experience in his life. So when we come to read it, it's a comforting reassurance for us that our feelings are, are not just of ourselves. That there's, the psalmist echoes the same thing in what he writes. It makes him so precious to us and so beautiful in our eyes. And these psalms are so suitable for our lives, whatever stage we are at. At one point we did emphasize as we looked at this psalm was the main point of it, which is usually found in the center of the psalm. And we see that in verse 14. The psalmist has his hope continually in his Lord with a praise that is increasing more and more. He trusts in this Lord. Regardless of the situation he is in, he feels it so bleak, he feels himself so empty. But that's exactly what faith is. Regardless of what the circumstances are, he holds on to this hope that he has in his Lord and his God. His faith is a diamond. His faith is the jewel in the darkness. He is faithful in the darkness. And it is faith that God values at the end of the day. A faithful life pleasing to God will receive honor at death by entering into glory. Faith is of utmost value. So the psalmist here, 
He looks back in his life of faith. With old age approaching, feels so vulnerable, feels so weak. And he gives us his thoughts on life. And there's three things that come across to us in this passage from 17 down. He says that his God is a God for all ages. In verse 17 and 18. He says that his God is a God for all times. In verses 19 to 21. And he says thirdly that his God is a God for all eternity. From verse 22 to 24. A God for all ages. A God for all time. A God for all eternity. And this is where his soul finds its joy. Knowing that God is suitable for him and his life. So may we know that joy and having faith in this God in our lives and that we may be honoured in having that faith. So that he is a God of all ages, firstly. Verse 17. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and grey hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. The psalmist recalling his youth, and you can take note that he has been well taught. He has been taught by the best and wisest of all teachers, for he has taught of God. You have taught me, and if there's ever a place for any of us to start, and surely this is the best place. To be as the psalmist in verse 25, for he prays to God, Show me thy ways, O Lord, thy path, so teach thou me. And surely if we're taught by God, we're taught and directed to the best of paths for our lives. And as we teach our young people about God, we pray that the teachers next door, as they do so, by the power of the Spirit, it may be as God himself would be teaching these young people. As if it is the voice of God instructing them in their young lives. And as we wish and pray that it would be true for them, we pray also that for ourselves. For it is true that regardless of what age we are at, we all need to be instructed in the ways of the Lord. We all need to be taught by God. We all need to seek his instruction. Whether we're young, whether we're old, that he would direct us in our lives. And as we look at this passage, he says that, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. It implies that he has lived a life of faith, that he proclaimed the wonders of God when he was young, and he's still doing so today. But most importantly, it is not something that he has achieved himself by saying, I still. It's not something that he has managed to do of his own strength, because he has relied on the Lord to be his strength. He has trusted in the Lord to guide him and to lead him. Even when he felt like he was just holding on. Even when he felt like all his strength was spent. It was the Lord that kept him. It was the Lord that kept him from his young life. 
even back into the womb. It is the Lord that shall keep him now when he grows old and the grey hairs are on his head. And he looks back in wonder. It's not that he still has kept himself. It is that the Lord has kept him. And it is a wonder to him that the Lord would keep him. And still the Lord has kept him. And that is truly a thing for him that is worth proclaiming to others. And we see that in verse 18, the inescapable truth of growing old is there. And he asks his Lord not to forsake him when he feels so weak. As his strength depletes, we see this increasing strength in love of God. Of God. Do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to those to come. He is saying, let me live, that I may tell others of what you have done for me. Looking back over his life, there's nothing else to compare it to. And he wants to tell others. He wants to tell the next generation he wants to proclaim the power of God to all those that will live after him. He wants to tell them that the Lord has been my rock. The Lord has been my strength. The Lord has been my salvation. The Lord has saved me. The Lord never abandoned me. He sees a need in the people to know that they must understand who God is. He sees others that do not love God, but he wants them to understand. He wants them to grasp how God has guided him in his life as he looks back. This is one of the most beautiful hearts we can have as a believer in the Lord. Someone who puts his life before his own to make known the things of God. All for the glory of God, not for his own glory, to elevate the name of God. And he's saying there, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation. He's longing to tell people before he dies that the Lord would not forsake him. And even if he should die a death where he would be forsaken, but that will never happen. He wants to show forth that power and might. It's a beautiful heart because it is the heart of Christ. He is the one who came into this world to make known to all the love of God. To make known to, God, make known to all the salvation of God, to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to manifest the name of God so that everyone may believe, people may understand. And he did this even knowing that he would die, even the death of the cross, even a death where he would be forsaken by God. O God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He endures all these things 
knowing that there was joy set before him. Such was his love for the people that he endured these things. This is the greatest heart we can have as believers because this is the heart of Christ and there's much more that could be said about that. But the psalmist here commends God as the joy of his life, whatever his age, a Lord for all ages. He has been faithful to God, obedient to God, because he knows there's a joy set before him too. And it will be the same for all who believe in the Lord. The Lord is suitable for all ages. God has been his rock and his salvation. He wants to tell others about it. What would you as a Christian want to tell an unbeliever? What would you as a Christian want to tell a young person about your Lord and your God? The wondrous things that God has done for you in your life. What would you want to tell if you had one thing to tell And the other side of the coin is, what would you want to ask a believer if you're not a believer? What question would you have for them? What has God done for you in your life? Why do you worship this God? Maybe that's a challenge for us as we leave today. We ask each other or say to someone, why I believe in God and what God has done for me. God is a God for all ages. We need to interact with the young ones. We need to tell them about God. We need to make God known to the young ones. God is a God for all ages. God is a God for all times. See there in verse 19, Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you? But you who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again from the depths of the earth. You will bring me up again. He's looking back over his life and he recalls the different times that he has been in, times where he has felt so close to God and praising God and has just felt like he was on top of the mountain. And there's other times where he felt like he was in the depths of the earth, far from heaven, far from God, Yet as God did not forsake him, he looks back and he says, God is a God that is suitable for all times of life, whatever the time is. His praise of God, when he thinks about him and his righteousness, and the heights of heaven, the things he has done, oh God, who is like you? There is no one to compare to him. There is no error in his ways, no flaws in his person. You alone are upright. His throne is established in righteousness and all that he does. There is no king like this, no lord like this, no one who will show him the right way to go in his life. No error in his ways. And he knows that he can hold fast to this lord and this God who is righteous. He has commanded all things and will not forsake him. When he considers God, he is abounding in praise of all that he has done. But as a believer, his life has not always been like that. We see there in verse 20, he has seen many trouble and calamities in his life. 
And this is the honesty of life coming through in the psalmist's experience. He looks back and he remembers hard days. Days where his enjoyment had been robbed. Days that he had been knocked down. Days that his whole life had been sucked out of him. That's truly the extent to what it seems to be. Because he needed revived again. He says, will you revive me again? The Lord does. He will. He knows the Lord will revive him again. Brought back to life. And often that is our experience. We are made to see many things that are hard in our lives. That is the reality of living in a world of sin and the truthfulness of sin within our own lives. We are not immune as Christians or believers to the troubles and calamities which can take many forms in this life and can strike us so very hard that we feel like we are in the depths of the earth as if there were no lower place to be. This is what the psalmist feels and this is how we often feel. We are not immune from these things but he has a hope doesn't he? He knows that his Lord will not leave him there. He knows that the Lord will revive me again from the depths of this earth. You will bring me up. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. He knows that there is joy awaiting him. And you can see that he relies on God entirely in this section. When you look at the psalm, there's a lot of I wills and I still through it. Either side of verses 19 to 21. There's a lot of I wills and I still or I proclaim. But 19 to 21, it's all you. He's talking about God. Your righteousness. You who have done these great things. Who is like you? You who have kept me. You will revive me. You will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. You see it? That is the life of faith. It's not I wills or I still. It's holding on to someone else. This is faith, trusting in God entirely of what he will do for you. We come to him and we place our trust entirely and what the Lord can do for us. The psalmist is commending God in all that he has done. And he finds his joy in considering God and his works. He is in wonder. He is saying, there is no one like you. He will bring me up and increase my greatness and comfort me again. Sometimes it is just comfort that we need in the midst of troubles and calamities. But even as we know the comfort of the Lord in our lives, it instills a joy and praise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. All times the Lord is suitable, whatever the time, Heights of heaven, depths of earth. But he goes on to speak about all eternity. And it's not, it doesn't come across that clear in the passage. 
I will also praise you with a harp, with your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. My tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they have been put to shame and disappointed, who sought to do me hurt. He comes before his Lord and his God, O holy one of Israel, an honourable title of God, he is the Holy One. He has a people who is Israel. And you see there, he praises him with a harp, with a lyre, with these instruments. And in his context, as he would have written these things, the instruments of God would have been used in the temple, not in the, not in the synagogue, but in the temple where the dwelling place of God would be just like heaven. He speaks of the use of these instruments in the presence of God. As the angels do in Revelation, they play these instruments likewise. He has this heavenly direction to be dwelling with God. He looks back in his life of faith and he sees that when he's with God, he will be lifted and praised to him. God has been with him every step of the way. God has not abandoned him. He's trusted in God. He's done nothing of it for himself. Christ has redeemed him. It is all the work of the Lord. There is no one like him in this world that can compare to what the Lord has done for him in his life. And if we are here this morning to hear these things and to hear the expressions of the psalmist, will you not come and trust in his Lord, the Lord who is suitable for all ages and all times? He sees that he is full of praise. He is abounding with praise to his Lord. His lips will shout for joy his soul also will have joy in the presence of God. And it says that it is something that will be of all the day long. And that is a theme that has been recurring through this psalm uh, all the day long. It's in verse 8, it's in verse 15, and it's in verse 24 there. All the day long, and though a Christian may desire to praise God all the day long, it is not a reality for him. But it will be an eternal reality for those who have lived a life of faith that they will praise God all the day long. And when they are in glory, in the dwelling place of God, when they come into his presence, it will be abundant praise. All the day long. It will never cease to end. His joy. His soul will have joy. His life. Will be glorifying God. And enjoying him forever. But he concludes with a solemn note. He says. For they that have been put to shame and disappointed, who sought to do me hurt.
Those who were turned against him have been put to shame. And this is also a theme that reoccurs in the psalm three times. It's in verse 1, where he himself did not want to be put to shame. He wanted that trust in the Lord. It was the trust in the Lord that that would never be something to cause him to shame. He would feel shame for having trust in the Lord. It's something that would bring him honor. In verse 13, he speaks of people who attack him. That they would have shame for their behavior. But he longed that they would see their shame and know their shame. That they may turn and trust in God. But 24 talks of shame as well. And he says they have been put to shame. There's a difference in the tense of it. He wished that previously that they would be put to shame and realize the shameful ways in which they had lived their lives. But now he's saying they have, it's been, they've been put to shame. Those who have turned their lives against God. Those who did not believe in the psalmist words here. Those who interacted with the psalmist and despised him, and despised his God, have been put to shame. That is an eternal reality of those who do not trust in the Lord to be their God. When you've heard the gospel message, You've heard the hope of salvation. You've heard this psalmist commend to you for your life that the Lord will not leave you. The Lord will not forsake you. The Lord will lead you through times, yes, of trouble and calamity. But you will be a jewel to him. You will be a diamond to him. You will have value to him if you trust in him. You will be honoured to enter into his glory. Is it shame for turning your back against that today? Knowing that that hope was set before you and you wouldn't trust in it? people would speak of the Lord to you? Is it an eternity of shame for having not trusted in the Lord? May you come and receive the most precious gift of knowing joy of your soul, the full enjoyment of being with God, trusting in him in your life, whatever your age, Whatever time you are going through, the Lord is faithful. The Lord will not leave you or depart from you. The Lord will give you joy. And isn't that what we all look for? Something in us that longs for joy. And our soul will find it in God. May we know it and may we not be put to shame for having known these things and never trusted in it. Amen. May these thoughts be blessed to us. We'll conclude by singing in Psalm 71.
from verse 21 to 24. Find that in the Psalter version, page 312, Psalm 71. My greatness and my power thou wilt increase and far extend on every side against all grief. Thou wilt me comfort send. Even thy truth I'll also praise. My God with psaltery, O thou holy one of Israel, with harp I'll sing to thee. My lips shall much rejoice in thee when thee thy praises sound. My soul which thou redeemed hast in joy shall much abound. My tongue thy justice shall proclaim, continuing all day long. For they confounded are and shamed that seek to do me wrong. May we sing these words to God's praise, my greatness and my power thy world increase and far extend. Including a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we pray that we may know the love of Jesus Christ for us. And he went to the cross to die for us and redeem our soul. May you work faith in us for this man, that we may love him before all other loves and set our hearts a desire upon him, that we may come to you and know the joy of our souls. We would trust in you for our lives, through the heights and depths, and whatever times we go through, that we would have a reality of eternal joy with you in heaven. Be with us, we pray as we part. Watch over us, guide us, and keep us through the watches of the remainder of the day and the watches of the night. 
We ask these things in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen.